the NFL Podcast. Read smart people books. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio. That's a man who read a lot of smart books. It's the Around the NFL Podcast. Dan Hans is here. Got some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, and sitting to my right... Oh, it's been too long, and it's always a blessing for the show. Connie Fox, the tiny box, is in the house. I'm back. Uh, hello, hello, hello. It's great so, to see you guys. Great to see you. Somebody tweeted at me. Um, you were TNF last week. Where were you? You were Arizona. 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 Someone shouted out while you were doing a live uh, hit. Uh, hey, tiny box. It happens all the time. And I love it, so keep doing it, guys. It's great. And someone was like, say hey to Dan. Like, but what is like what does Steve Smith think about that being shouted at you? Does he understand like the lineage no. of that nickname? Nobody it, knows. Right. But at there's this a lot point, of things the, being shouted. Right. How many people there, it feels like a, a nickname that needs context, but we never give it the context. I think it needs lots of context. Right. Tiny box and representing. We're, we're just happy the large box is not what took hold. In the imagination. Absolutely not. We're not going to do a huge box. Um, (laughs) Colleen's here. It's awesome. We are at the trade deadline. In fact, look at this. Play along because I know the trade deadline actually passed 22 minutes ago. But we're going to act like it's about to pass now. All right. Here we are. (laughs) 12.59 on the West Coast. Ricky, count us down like Dick Clark in the biggest of all spots. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, my God. We did it. Oh, my God. Best day of the year. Why is Mark trying down. to kiss Whoa. me? <laughs> Get your hands off him, Sessler. Apologies, Greg. He's a colleague. The trade deadline has passed. And a little bit of a dud. Not a lot of drama, but there was one huge name moved, and we're going to get through the big names connected to the trade deadline, whether they were moved or not. And you got to start, of course, with Von Miller and Connie, this is a big one. The Denver Broncos agreed to trade the eight-time Pro Bowl linebacker to who else? The Los Angeles Rams for a second and third round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. The Broncos will also pay, and this is this is interesting. There's a little Brock Osweiler vibe here. The Broncos will also pay nine million of Miller's remaining nine point seven million base salary for the nine games left in the season. So they said, "We'll take the money." Give us the picks. Uh, Connie, what do you think? A lot of excitement, obviously. Von Miller joins a front seven in L.A. that has Aaron Donald. Is this going to be as big a deal as it seems on paper, or should there be some trepidation about what kind of impact he can make? No, I want it to be. I'm I'm selling this. I'm all in on it. I didn't expect this one to happen at all either. I feel like it popped out of nowhere. The Rams right now, they lead the league in sacks, and now they won't have to blitz as much in theory. I feel like Raheem Morris, he must be on cloud nine, their defensive coordinator, just because you have Aaron Donald, who's so disruptive, and Leonard Floyd, he's been having such a good season on the other side. Then you add in Von Miller. This team has been performing so well, and the defense now – 
just has so much more juice with Jalen Ramsey on the back end. And when you have the Titans coming in for Sunday night football without Derrick Henry, they're going to have to throw the ball. And you have you add Von Miller, who they're expected to play this week. I love it. I think it sets up really well for them. Plus, when you think about it and you look at their schedule. Kind of on fire and I like it. I, I'm out. This is it, though. I mean, I have nothing else <laughs> the rest of the show. Uh, when you look at their schedule, the Rams play week 17 in L.A. They could have home field at that point if everything goes their way and maybe never leave again the rest of the season. Oh. You went with the whole, like, staying home for six straight weeks. Staying that home narrative in I mean, play. I mean, Sessler, like, you like that, right? Staying home? I like to stay home. <laughs> I, I do. It, it appeals to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to an L.A. Super Bowl. I don't think it would be a good one to come in for, but I'm, I'm glad to have one here. And the Rams could be in it. Like, this is why you make that move. But it, that's such a high bar. And, like, how much does Von Miller alone change the calculus? Like, you love it as a Rams fan that they're absolutely going for it. It's a big price. I mean, a second and a third round pick. When I, when I saw that it was two second-day picks, my mind was still in, like, 2008 when they only had two days of the draft. And I was like, oh, like, fourth or fifth round picks. Like, that sounds uh, like a good deal, you know, win-win. Like, this is definitely a win for Denver. You know, what, what are they – you know, doing right now. You the, might as well get those picks. Yes. Is it a win? Yes. It to, might, you can get, a, you can to get eight years move. of contracts uh, for, you know, two rookies. You know Von Miller's not going to be on that team next year instead of having nine games uh, of a guy when you absolutely know you're going to have a different coaching staff. Like, this is a move that I'm sure Vic Fangio didn't love, but that it shows to me that, like, Vic Fangio and the GM are not necessarily I mean, I think page. it's a smart move. I, I think it's kind of sad whenever a, a player of his importance to that organization. That's fair. We were there in, in Santa Clara when he took over that game and took Cam Newton's soul and won Super Bowl MVP. So it ends this way, and it ends, Mark, with, at a time, and lest we forget that this is the team of THAL, and we'll get back to the Rams in a second. <laughs> um, uh, Broncos, That's why you got to wait till the season starts. Wes was always big on that. Yeah. Let's watch three games. A Broncos team that entered the season thinking they could really contend in the AFC are trading Von Miller uh, two days after Halloween, and, that, and that's rough for the Broncos and their fans. They still have so much work to do to get back to where they want to be. Yeah, it leaves me with lots of questions. I mean, Greg, if you if you after three games the Broncos would have been three and zero, I think That's there was actually point. a little bit I more. Guess I needed like on, six games. Six yeah. games would have helped, but the future of Vic Fangio. I just the future, needed sixteen games. Right, the future. I mean, it's it, when you're selling Von Miller, you're basically saying this season is a wash. And at this point, I think Vic Fangio's job is in, in, in hot butt territory. If it was already there, we're gonna have to check. We're gonna check in on that next week. By the way, at the season's midpoint, where the hot butts are at. Sizzle, Fangio. <laughs> Weird. It's just not fair to human beings to have to be categorized that way if you're Vic Fangio. But um, I love this for like, less need to me because it started with the Stafford thing. And like, like in another universe, the Stafford thing could be going very poorly right now. And it's like you guys blew up, you know, roster A to go get this and you've given up a lot. Instead, it's going about as perfectly as you could have ever imagined. And I kind of just trust the Rams to make this work with Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller. And it's like a one season thing because they're ultra going for it. And if you're less need, you you know, after what happened with Gurley and with Goff, where you had to answer so many questions about these players that you drafted and developed and then overpaid, it went totally south. They're all about known quantity. 
and, and other teams will simply co copy what they do at this point because it's like we don't care about draft picks. I'm not going to have to stand up on a podium. Well, we got to see it. They've been doing it, so, right? Well, it's worked. But they've it is working for, right now with Stafford. They've, they've been doing it for four or five years, though. I mean, Jalen Ramsey Brandon has Cooks, worked. Five straight drafts they right, haven't picked right, in the first Right, round. Brandon Cooks, right. Jalen Ramsey. Like, it's working, and that's where I push back on people being like, of course they all – are all in for this year. They even, you know, sent the little rounders tweet out about it. Malkovich yeah. lost that but hand. They're not it's not like they're out for next year. <laughs> right. That's a, it was a great great point, not understanding the movie. Uh they're, it's not like they're out for next year or the year after. This is what everyone said in 2019 to oh they're loading up for one more run. They said it going into last year. They're loading up trading these picks for one more run. It's like, no, Stafford's gonna be here, Cook's gonna be here, Donald's gonna be here, Woods will probably be here. Von Miller might be here because you might want to kind of amortize this deal and make it get a little better value well, and, and uh, you know, sign him to a reasonable contract before the end of the season just so you can keep him. I think it's said that they didn't think their defense had enough juice, to your point, Colleen. Like, yeah, they've played well, but you look at the teams they've played, and for the most part, the offenses have stunk. The two decent offenses they played, the Bucks and Cardinals, did whatever they wanted against them, and I right. think they felt like they needed more juice. So it told me, I, I think, what they what they saw in their defense, and that makes sense. They're going for it. They've had a pretty soft schedule. So I, right. what do you guys think? About and it? they've also rolled everyone. So it's like, right. I, I mean, you can't kind of, you're doing what you're doing. And like, they look no, but especially like a defen superpower. Defensively, they've had a soft schedule, especially, you know, against the quarterbacks they played. So to, when they, when they got, when they struggled that much against the Bucks and the Cardinals and Von Miller has played well this year, he is a, an above average, good NFL starter that, who you would think is going right. to get some extra juice. We, here. My question, Connie is, does Von Miller get the like Matt Stafford and Sean McVay offense pop by playing it? with Aaron Donald and being able to kind of not be the focus of the defense. That's, I think, another reason why they made this trade. They thought Von Miller could be better than he has been in Denver the last couple of years. And we've seen that happen in multiple places. We've seen it happen with the Steelers. We've seen it with a ton of teams, even like the, even the Browns when they bring in Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, just guys having an extra body there and then them being able to benefit off of that. But did you see the rumors that the Broncos traded Von Miller because his teammates in Denver wouldn't help pay for for the Halloween party that he throws every year. Oh, I hope. <laughs> I'm just. I don't. Uh, you know, fan talked on Seth it today. Seth Wickersham, do you hear that? Get to work. What is it? There's a, there's always some drama about the Halloween party, wasn't um, there? Quavo was there. This year? Their former quarterback was yes. uh, was involved. Oh, you're right. Some drama there. Did he wind up in someone's house? He was in someone's yeah. house. I that forgot about that. Noah Fant tried to shut down this Halloween party stuff, saying like the, it was all cool with Vaughn. Everyone loves Vaughn. I really love. <laughs> Like Von Miller, when I listened to him speak, he gave this long YouTube thanking everyone in, in the Denver organization. He seems like a guy who's like, I don't know, like aware of how lucky he is and he wanted everyone to know and seems very beloved there. So you're right, Dan. You do lose something. You're trading a guy like that. You do. And um, it's funny. During uh, the great Rachel Benetta filled in for Matt Money Smith on the power rankings. Filled in for the great money. They're both great. Right. Matt yeah. Money Smith is also great. You're not suggesting great that a great Rachel person has just in Mark the, great really Matt Money like, Smith. I haven't seen Mark react that quickly. Uh, well, I just texted since, Matt Money Smith. Erica, today. He's, you know, he's he dealing with Corona. And since I Erica brought in like a swag bag um, from my from my podcast. <laughs> oh, here we uh, go. Kesselnick and Rosenthal fan. <laughs> here we go. I was like, oh, I don't want that. And Mark just swoops in and grabs. Well, it was a specific type of. Not a tiny box. Everybody wants to know what's in the box that Mark wants. What personal male grooming. Uh, utility he needs. Um, uh, I wanted to say that they, there was like a, a, a role of um, pregame hype celebration or, you know, getting guys hyped up uh, before the week eight games. 
that they rolled during the power rankings. And all the players are just going nuts like, Happy Halloween, man! It's Halloween, baby! And it's like, <laughs> these these players love Halloween. They're still kids. I know. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, baby! They're like, like high-fiving and dapping. Like, Halloween, baby! Well, it's like there's Halloween <laughs> that we all deal with, but then it's suddenly like you're a millionaire and Halloween could take on a whole That's different... That's I mean, You may be in the millionaire club no, to I was some degree. Say, ah! Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I wish. Would love to get there one day, but I. this is probably not a popular take, but... Halloween, eh, I can Ooh. take or leave it. Right. I, I am totally with you, although as a parent, you you have to feign ultra. Uh, I like right. to take the kids out and do all that, but <laughs> another, it's just like... Another you, thing, Mark, has that, to fake his way You through. just have to be... You, I, I, my deeper feelings about Halloween, and this is all sort of a farce, but it's I, there is some fun around Halloween, it. a farce, says I love Halloween. Well, what, I love well, it. The well, kids it's, love it. It's not, not like even, a house party. What's it attached to? Like, on a on deeper level? It's just... It's strange. Not everything has to be on a deeper level. You're right. It does. You're right. But I had... That's why I'm not fun to be with Let, in general. So. Let's get... We love you, Mark. <laughs> you and Mark uh, let's get back on track. I, I do think the bill will come due eventually, with the Rams, just for instance, uh, the 2022 draft, they have no first-round pick, no second-round pick, one third-round pick, no fourth-round pick, one fifth-round pick, no sixth-round pick. At some point, you would think that roster is going to toll it's- and it's going to turn over and not be pretty, but that's not the point because if, uh, uh, if you win a title or two, you can deal with what happens after that, but you got to win. And I think they think differently than the rest of the NFL. And I think it always helps when you're doing something that others aren't. Uh, it, uh, you know, they are getting value in these guys that they know. It's not like they're not getting value. And I think they know that Sean McVay, maybe more than any coach in the league, they believe, will hire a good staff around them and develop these guys that we don't know the names of. On the Rams, there's about seven or eight starters every year, some on defense, some on offense, and you don't really know who they are. But they're out there, and they're playing 50 or 60 snaps, and they're contributing, and that's where they get the value from. Like, And maybe they're looking at Les Snead and, and Sean McVay and what they do in the drafts, and they're thinking, well, we just spent our second-round pick on Tutu Atwell. Right. Um, who does not seem like he's going to help. He wasn't going to help the Rams this year before he got hurt. And, you know, I don't know. Some of, It's like the picks are a big-time gamble. They are. Va- Vaughn is not. Vaughn one, is one little nugget, Justina yes. Anderson was texting with Adrian Peterson when he was being, you know, signed by the Titans. She, and she was just like, just do, like, how do you feel about dealing with Aaron Donald and Von Miller potentially, like, days from now? You know, he's obviously not been playing at all. And he was just like, shit. That's a whole different story. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Adrian Peterson. Uh, <laughs> can you cut that, please, uh, for future use? All right, let's get to a trade that didn't go down. Deshaun Watson, John McLean taking the L. Love him. Down there. Well, he wasn't alone. He wasn't, but he was out front on it. He can withstand it, though. And there were, I would say almost every big national voice had an almost identical report to McLean after it was happening after that, he did. that Deshaun Watson would be moved and the Dolphins obviously were at the front of the pack and you had other teams like the Panthers that were connected then unconnected well guess what is unconnected a word disconnected okay sure whatever. either way anyway the deadline has passed as you just heard and Deshaun Watson will remain on the Houston Texans he will continue and this has to be weird I actually was thinking about it today he does because he has to to get paid and not get fined and all that. He has to report to the facility every day, but he doesn't practice with the team. He obviously doesn't dress on Sunday. So what is, where does he go when he's in the facility? Do you imagine he's like in the like the commissary on his phone? You know what like, this is like? Where does he go? It's like when you break up with someone, but you are still living together. Which you still kind of have to tiptoe around the house. And I've never awkward. done it. No, but I've, we just mentioned that, that exact scenario on our Friday show. Yes. I don't know why, but like... um. 
It is exactly like that. I it's totally listened to the show. Um, <laughs> that, I'm just repeating what you know. No, no, said. no. It's just that that's, that's an apt comparison. So Watson is going to continue to do that through the end of the season because he has not been traded. Now, he will be traded. But now everything goes uh, – well, should go quiet, you would think, in terms of the talk around him, which is good news for the Texans – uh, because this is probably a very unpleasant situation for them uh, in terms of the media. I, re- I refer specifically to the players and coach uh, David Culley. Now we will find out what happens next, but Watson stays right where he is, and that kind of Colleen always made the most sense in a lot of ways because the way Watson's legal situation is with the 23 lawsuits and the potential criminal um, prosecution in hand, he wasn't going to play this year anyway. There's just so much unknown, and the awkward relationship that just continues now. And it's better for us because hopefully everything kind of just settles down because we don't have any clarity on anything, but we still have to talk about it when he comes up in these rumors in terms of like the trade to the dolphins that didn't happen. But the Texans asking price, according to Ian Rappaport, three first round draft selections for a guy that has this many pending lawsuits against him. It's just so, so messy. Mm. I mean, I think everyone involved looks so bad. Like everyone that that went through this charade the last couple of months uh, to get to this point, like the Dolphins look terrible. Not just that they allowed themselves to be part of this, but that Stephen Ross, according to Ian, requested to speak with Deshaun Watson on Monday night, or that the request wasn't granted until Monday night. Deshaun Watson, of course, looks the worst because he is responsible for all of this. He's facing, you know, 20 plus civil charges, still facing 10 plus criminal charges. He denied the opportunity to David Tepper, also according to Ian, the, the Panthers owner, to speak to him. The The, the Texans didn't want to let Watson uh, speak to him. Eventually, they apparently did grant the permission or that he decided to speak to him on Monday night, the night before the trade deadline. And by that point, the Dolphins had decided it was too late. So Tua Tungavailoa knows that the owner who said he wasn't involved in football decisions was solely, you know, deciding the football decisions and that they would have possibly traded for him if Deshaun Watson would have settled the civil cases. This is all from Ian's reporting. Uh, But Watson throughout all of this has not only pushed back on taking any responsibility whatsoever, uh, or, or deny or like you know apologizing, but he's still pushing through it. He wants everything to be out there. That's the man that these teams are trying to trade for. The Texans are doing everything they can to drive his price up. So it's like they they they're not cleaning this. And then the most disappointing thing for me is the the media has done everything possible. And when I say media, I mean like the big national reporters has assisted Deshaun Watson's agent and really shown the power of an agent in the NFL, I think, in being able to at least mitigate like the coverage of this story. And a lot of people sure seem to be trying to help them trade this guy who's facing all of these charges over the last couple of weeks. Like they were trying. They were saying it's happening. They're trying to, you know, snuff out other people to jump into the trades. And you know what? All that for nothing. Like they were wrong. They they were helping out uh a man who is still pending, you know, facing all these charges. They were trying to help him and his agent out, and it didn't even work. Uh, like, well, it's just, I don't know. It's I'm so totally with what you're saying, but we're asking, like, cutthroat NFL executives 
to take the same moral or judgment stance that we do about Watson's situation. And and frankly, like, I think that you are hedging, like, if you're one of these GMs that goes after him and you get him, you're playing off the fact that, like, essentially at some point, there are myriad players throughout the league that have been involved with terrible things that a year or two later, we forget about it and we continue to watch them. I'm just saying that you're... And that'll happen eventually for Watson, most likely. But... For I think just from a football not most pr- likely it will unless right. he never plays from again. a football perspective though I thought this it was always insane and I don't think there is any defense whether it's moral or not I don't think it needed to be moral for them to get involved before any of this was settled it never made any sense because he wasn't going to play this year they were full they were kidding themselves if they, if he was ever going to play this year and what you did to your football team if you're David Tepper or Tunga. You, to, you know, uh, Stephen Ross is let your quarterbacks know, like, you know, we're not. It's not like you helped your coaches out. You heard them. Right. You're so. put you're putting Tua up on the podium and he has to face these questions about the rumors as well. And it's like, meanwhile, Tua and the Dolphins offense, they're just trying to get on track. They're trying to do something in these games. And now you have all of these distractions coming in with Deshaun Watson. It's just so messy that it got to this. And you want to be right as a reporter. Like so many of the reports said it's happening sooner than we, it was sooner than later. Could happen any day, any weekend. And it was all wrong. But hold up. But what if Steven Ross uh engaged with Deshaun Watson. I'd love to know what questions were asked or what no, they talked about. No, he didn't in the end. He, well, asked, then, he asked for permission. It was granted but had that, Monday then, night. Had and that then happened, it had it gone like the way that Stephen Ross would want it to, we could be talking about a very different scenario right. here. Supposedly, he, he also wanted them to... I just thought it was the civil cases were going to get settled, not, and that would have done it for him too, I, apparently. I think there's the power of a, an agent and, and moving things along. Also, the power of a franchise quarterback in his prime. I just don't know. Like, I know you're, you've been hard on this, Greg. You're going hard on this thing with the media. I don't know. Like, what is the play? If Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, is requesting to meet with Deshaun Watson with the interest of making a trade, do you just not report on it? I don't. Not like what are you not saying? Not that. Exactly? When it's been presented this whole time, it's been presented in a way to. A, inspire like other teams to jump into the bidding. Like, you're doing the bidding for this person and almost. Almost to a report, it almost never brings up why you're in this situation and that he's likely not going to play this year and all of the other implications. It's just from the football side. And I think that's letting the agent and Deshaun Watson off easy every time you do it because it's basically trying to pull the wool over the viewer's eyes that, like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about someone who is in this situation because he's being sued and facing charges for sexual assault and sexual misconduct. Like I, I am amazed and I, and it's partly cause I've heard some of these people talk behind the scenes too. And it's like, they're like, it's a, it's not, not everything has to be both sides. Like this isn't a both sides Greg, situation. Do you want the agent to drop to Sean Watson? Would that appease you on this front? Like the agent is doing what agents do, which is, I don't really care what Greg or anyone else that, thinks about this side of it. I'm, I'm here to defend my client and, Again, it's like this is not the first player that has been through something that's ghastly to us or to most observers, but the agent's job, he's simply doing it, whether you like him or not. I I get it, and he is maybe the most powerful or one of the most powerful agents there is. What I don't like is trading the relationships that you have developed 
with the reporters over the years for this situation. But that's this the, insi- is the, the insider game is so dirty that like this is not the departure point for that being a, a it is dirty. for me on some level. All right, but I, I mean, can't think of one like this. That's how, but that's how information is is brokered and traded between agents and insiders. So this is not this is not a new thing. That just all. happens to be caught up in a very volatile situation and a criminal case, which makes it very thorny. And I can understand, Greg, your opinion on this. Um, all right, let's move. We got to move. Please. Let's move. The The deadline passed. Give it to me. Give me the Jack Bauer clock. Got Rosenthal fired up. Odell Beckham, he's not going anywhere. But it feels like, speaking of agents and other people working behind the scenes to get what they want for their clients, not without some effort to get him moved away from a Cleveland Browns team where uh, he has not been able to move the needle since his arrival in the trade with the Giants a couple of years back. Um, just on Tuesday, you had Odell Beckham Sr. Uh, post a 11-minute video uh, showing all the times Baker Mayfield missed uh, Odell Beckham on passing routes over the past two seasons uh, soundtracked. And at first I was like, did ODB senior put this together? I do not think that like, he's got no, an he REM on there. Yeah, yeah he no, he didn't. He posted that. I was like, he's an REM fan. That's cool. I love REM. <laughs> That's where you went. First. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought is like, do the Beckhams love? My I didn't watch a video. Music? What song is it? Uh, what's everybody hurts. So the entire, the entirety of everybody hurts Classic. like the most maudlin, like pop hit of the last 30 years playing to Baker Mayfield air mailing throws to Odell Beckham. And then all sorts, all sorts <laughs> of like amazing dad hashtags, which I'll get to in a minute. And then at the same time, this is all breaking. You have LeBron James, who's the most confusing sports fan, Connie in the world. He's like a Cowboys fan, but he's a Browns fan. He's a Yankees fan. And then he's always at Rams games. I don't even know what's going on. He just loves sports. Shapeshifter. He tweets that, you know, you got to make Odell great again. Get him out of Cleveland. I thought you were a Browns fan. I don't even know what's going on there. Mm. But at the end of the day, the Browns don't make the move. Should they have traded Odell Beckham Jr., Colleen Wolf? Well, I don't think that they were in a position to do that with his contract. But just in general, his dad just doing the most sports dad thing ever. (laughs) I can't believe he went and got this whole thing cut up with production value of some sort to REM. He obviously had been thinking about this for a while. I think he co-opted it. But someone did that. Someone went through the the efforts. But it's... It's true because Odell and Baker, they just have no chemistry. And we've seen it time and time again coming off that game against the Steelers. One catch for six yards. Even Case Keenum and him had something that was a little bit better going in that game against the Broncos. So, listen, Dad, he's going for it. And it's just a little bit of a nuclear option here. But there was no chance that the Browns were going to move him, I don't think. Well, I mean, I'd say this. Like, it's kind of like everyone's fault to me in terms of the on everybody's stuff. fault that too i i mean <laughs> since 2019 mayfield has a 69 passer rating targeting yes. obj which is you know the lowest among any nfl duo with 100 plus attempts it's just not worked out and last what? year that's a crazy step i know last year when- it got me like annoyed because i thought it was that's a narrative crazy. but it just is playing out to be the case. It is num- Baker's numbers are much better when Odell's not been on the field. And there are, you know, there's people saying, well, Baker Mayfield is, is hesitant to throw it to Odell because Odell, if you look at it, it's made his own mistakes. It's like a little bit on everyone. And we haven't heard anything from Odell Beckham. I, I mean, it just tells me that it's fine to say, go trade him. 
but they got no offers that were tangible. This front office inherited Odell Beckham from John Dorsey, and you have to look at the current Andrew Barry front office and say, if anything, they've been cunning. They don't overpay. 90% of their players have not been overpaid, and when they've made little moves here and there, they've been fortuitous. And I think that they're willing to just hang with Odell Beckham for the rest of the year. He can be cut for no dead cap money this offseason. I'd be shocked if that didn't happen. Hmm. Stefanski, I read, you know, wanted him. He didn't want to trade him. That he thought he can. He keeps saying he's going to get him, him more involved in the. And blaming offense. himself for not. Right. Stefanski for himself. And I agree with what you said. There's not a easy like let's blame someone. But on that play, which I know caught your eye, uh, Dan, and I hadn't watched it at the time that you texted. You know the play a lot of people were talking about. Kind of looked like Odell had a little bit of alligator. That's a season-changing catch. Right here, I, I rewatched yeah. that play though, and. If you on the all twenty-two from both camera angles, I mean, they drew up the absolute perfect play. They always say like Shanahan's offense gives the quarterbacks the answers to the to the test. Odell is open early in that play. Baker is so late. He he pump fakes uh, with absolutely no one. No one is near Odell Beckham for two and a half, three seconds of that play. Like it was the absolute perfect play call. There's a lot of talk that Baker struggles to throw up the seams, whether it's his height or he's just a guy who lacks anticipation. He has to really see it open, kind of like Jay Cutler before he lets it go. On that play, it's a it's a walk. Maybe a walk-in touchdown, but it's an easy first down, down to the five or so, if he delivers it on time like a lot of quarterbacks was. And he and he hesitates, he pump fakes, and he throws it late and above and behind Odell, who does jump and kind of put his arm up when you see it from the sideline. It didn't seem like a crazy bad effort. But like when they're reviewing that play, it's not Odell that's getting the minus two on their grading system. It's Baker. All right, on that th- play. but I know this is Odell's one of those guys. There's always I, I got out there. That, that that one's not about Odell, but it's about what Mark said. Where it's yes. it's both of them. That's I, what yeah. I'm saying. I, you know that is if you are a truly elite wide receiver, that's a difference making play where you could pick up your quarterback and make the catch, or not even make the catch, Greg. Make a better effort and. I'm not saying this is what's the problem with Odell, that he's not trying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it is not working, and there's got to be blame assigned on both sides of this. It's, sure. It is uh, Odell's fault in part. It is Baker Mayfield's fault in part. And I also agree the right move was to stay in Cleveland and the Browns maybe get this worked out and save this thing. But I also think you're right, Mark. I think he's history after the year. You guys want to hear some great dad hashtags on this? Oh, please. Yes. Some really good ones here. So as I said, it was soundtracked uh, by the 1992 REM hit. Everybody hurts off automatic for the people. Just one of the greatest records of all time. Uh, Erica, she's in her twenties. Still. I see Christy Stapleton behind the glass. I don't even know. REM automatic for the people. You'll thank me later. Give it a listen. Yeah, Play I've it. heard it. They look thrilled and really excited. REM, yeah. And check it out on the Throwback Podcast. Here are the uh, <laughs> hashtags. I'm a father before anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hashtag my twin, and they do look very similar. He's in incredible shape for uh, for a dad. Uh, hashtag three, my ace with an ace of spades. So little little uh, emoji in there. That was good. Next, my a number one. Next, and now it starts to get a little weird. Next, hashtag, I'm hurting for okay. you. Next one, hashtag, playing hurt. Next one, hashtag, I hurt for him. Next one, hashtag, this really hurts. One of these are going to take hurt. off, so you hashtag, just the note. very hurtful. Hashtag, disrespectful. Hashtag, when I hurt the hurt, I know. 
<laughs> well, I always actually check on that hashtag every night. Just what I heard, mm-hmm. I heard, I know. Uh, just to see who's been posting. Hashtag, I love Cleveland like I love home. Hashtag, I love my son, Mo. Number seven, hashtag 7-Eleven open, but he made the dad mistake. You put a number in there, it's not going to hashtag, so it un- No, you get n- n- you're nullified. Hashtag open, hashtag 24-7, hashtag all love, hashtag Beckham legendary. That's a lot of hashtags. <laughs> That's next to insight. I, my, along with that, all that business, none other than our friend Dwayne Bowe. Wade in. Dwayne Bowe. Dwayne Bowe, t- like, you know, like riding in on his white horse said pops. He, he tweeted to OBJ, pops, they did me the same way. Ah. This guy had like one catch with the Browns. It was, it was a like raging headache. So, raging bust. You know. All right. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll hit the rest of the news. All right, let's get to it. It went down Monday morning, so you know about it by now, but let's talk about it here. Derrick Henry is on the shelf. Bummer. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Henry uh, is undergoing foot surgery. He's expected to miss six to ten weeks. That was the initial report, and then I heard Ian today, saw him on NFL Network, and they said it's more closer to eight to ten weeks, and then you could start doing the math. I don't like to do it, but it's entering week nine. Eight weeks puts you to the end of the regular season. So in a best-case scenario for the Titans, Henry returns for the playoffs, and then you wonder what version of Henry returns coming off foot surgery as a running back. Anyway, Greg, a lot of talk about this being uh, the end of the road for the Titans, that they're cooked now, and you can understand that side of things. How do you see it? No, I think they're going to be a playoff team, and Derrick Henry will probably be back for the playoffs according to Ian. So I don't think it kills him. I think their play-action passing game, especially if Julio Jones can be healthy enough, can still work, and losing Henry is massive. I kind of like the Adrian Peterson signing. I mean, he's really he's run pretty well the last few years when you've given him the chance. And I'm not saying that Derrick Henry was struggling, but he also wasn't very efficient. You know, the last handful of weeks, you're running the ball 28 times for 79 yards, 29 times for 80 yards. He's playing great, but I think you can somewhat replace his rushing production. You can find other ways to win games and get to the end of the season and get him back. That's all. I don't know about replace him. Um, it, I just mean you're you can, a little lower on him than I am. You can he have the the the, Titan, the Colts game uh, hurt too. Right. That's that's a great point. I tell. think Adrian Peterson at least can give them something that they're not just going to fall apart because they're running. It's game is, it's is an is extremely worse. spicy signing um, in the sense that like if if it went the right way, it would be. That'd be visually nice fascinating. What do you think, Connie? He doesn't have obviously Adrian Peterson doesn't have that like big playability anymore like he had before. But I do think that he could help kind of keep them on track here. And Jeremy McNichols, come on, how about we give him some love? Uh, this team, uh, they're going to throw the ball a lot more. But that's why if it if Julio Jones mm. can stay healthy, that's going to look like an amazing move that they did in the off season to kind of help out with the. Uh, with the whole offense. They're at the Rams this week, and there, there's some tough games sprinkled in Saints right after that at, at New England's in there at Pittsburgh. So it's not all easy, but you have two games against the Texans, you have the Dolphins, and you have the Jaguars. You should so there's, be able to get There's the four games, like, and then if you just win one or two of the other games, like, that, that's a Well, and by the way, you can count on the rest of your division fumbling and bumbling to Nowheresville. Right. That's yeah, true. It, they're in a good division. So they, yes, this could end up in a place 
where Graver is okay because you're in the playoffs and you get your guy back. He but, didn't come to work today because yeah, of, I don't because think he was able to come in. I, he's he's distraught. Ricky said Emotionally, that, it was too, it was too much of too big of a mountain to get over. Ricky Should said that Tuesday is his off day, but I don't totally buy it. I think Graver showed a little bit of unpro- like a lack of professionalism. I'll put it. I'll go out. It's out there. Oh. Um, and Erica not jumping in because she doesn't. It's like, like we, it's like we get it. Graver you you pop. host the Titans podcast, but. It, this is just like you don't even know Derrick Henry personally, and the team can still win. Like you just, have I think they will. Him. I think it's gonna the, the old adage. I don't know if it's an old adage, but as long as you have your quarterback still, I think the offense and they have a very good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, even without Henry, I think they're gonna be okay. They're just not as good anymore. And I will say this is not the best development to now have to put more on the idea of Julio Jones being a big part of this team because that signing is not or that trade has not worked out for them no. so far. He's always hurt. He's uh, late, he's had a hamstring injury that will not go away. So if they get Julio Jones back, if he stays healthy, if A.J. Brown could stay healthy, if Ryan Tannehill stays healthy, a lot of ifs. I think they're okay, but not a good situation. Uh, in other news, this is brutal. This is really terrible news. Out of Las Vegas, uh, Tuesday morning here on the West Coast, uh, Henry Ruggs, the 2020 first-round pick, of the Raiders, who's having a really good season this year, uh, is facing a driving under the influence charge after a fiery vehicle crash uh, early Tuesday in Las Vegas, left one woman dead. Uh, Ruggs and his female passenger were injured, uh, Las Vegas police said. And Ruggs, who's 22, showed signs of impairment at the scene. And the police said in a statement that he will be charged with felony DUI resulting in death. And uh, Mark, we obviously you, your thoughts are with the victims here um, who were involved with the accident, a fiery crash in Las Vegas and uh, just a terrible story all the way around that's unfolding as we do this podcast. Uh, but Henry Ruggs is in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah, it happened at uh, reported time 340 in the morning. Um, it, you know, so you can only wonder what, what the, the lead up to that was, uh, totally tragic. Um, you know, it changes everyone for the people that have been lost, but if you're Henry Ruggs, you're still a human being too. And like you spend this the rest of your life thinking about this. Um, I had a friend growing up where something similar happened when they were a teen and like, you know, that person who's left behind where other people were, were removed, um, you're gonna, your life will be changed forever, and it's it. You know, there's the on-field side of it too, but it really has nothing to do with this at this point. You don't wish this upon anybody. No, this is this is awful and unfortunate, and just so terrible and gut-wrenching for everyone all around. And then just looking at the Nevada laws with Henry Ruggs there, I mean, he's facing between two and twenty years in prison for this. So. Just the mental component of knowing this um, moving forward, and just like a just a terrible, dumb mistake that could have been avoided if this was, in fact, a DUI. In other news, um, as we pivot back to football on the field, the Vikings will be without Daniil Hunter for the rest of the season. Vikings coach Mike Zimmer confirmed that Hunter suffered a torn pec in Week 8 against the Cowboys. He'll miss the remainder of the season, and that is a tough blow for the Vikings, Greg, because Hunter was a big-time contributor for their defense um, he was averaging a sack a game. He missed all of last year with a disc issue. 
and now he will miss the rest of this year. So injury issues killing Hunter, and it's going to really hurt this Viking. I think he's the most valuable player on that defense. In in Damashek parlance, he might be the Jenga piece. And the two guys you could maybe least afford to lose would be him and Patrick Peterson, who's out at least for now and for a few more weeks with an injury. And, yeah, that makes uh, our guy Kirk Cousins' life a lot tougher. It's just hard to see them being like a, a really good defense. And they've been pretty good, I would say, on balance. Uh, but without Hunter, I can't claim Our it. guy, Kirk Cousins, feels a little <laughs> strong. <laughs> it's such a bummer. Maybe, maybe I don't even know why. It's, he's definitely not my guy. I don't. Well, even you're know. the one slithering it. You're I was oiled just, up and slithering into his plexiglass cube. Oiled. Yeah. I was, well, that's right. That I was, was saying. Um, right. Yeah, that he was playing pretty well this year. And then the the thing happened that we were worried about. That's like you get into prime time and then it didn't didn't happen. <laughs> why, this is a killer. This is a killer for the Vikings. Why again? Do you have to get all oiled up and to get and into take the off cube. your clothes well, to, to fit get in? Into well, well, wasn't that part of it? Dude, he has to be completely right. Dan said that. Right again. Oh, was I wrong? A window into Dan's mind. You know? <laughs> no, it's just it's practical. It's. I was right there it? with you. I think it's from a from a physical. You want to make this right. work. This is how you. If There's you need to get Greg space. in there, you oil him up. He's got no. He's got nothing on. He's very smooth. It's very smooth, <laughs> like a seal. Because he has these, like these uh, products so from his other podcast, <laughs> the, the grooming products. So you right. groom them down. They're very effective. You lather them up and you slide them right into the cube. Put a mask on though, bro. Do you have a name for the cube? Other than the cube, maybe. Well, I'm sure he and with. he and Kirk have their own the little names. You guys can live out your little Kirk Cousins, you know, bubble fantasy. <laughs> I'm glad this came up today. On your own. It's a it's Greg a Rosenthal bubble fantasy. Right. It at least personally. is half Greg <laughs> fantasy. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's do a little before we get to Monday night. Actually, let's do a little breaking news, oh, shall we? Oh, oh, what is it? Oh, oh, oh! Better be. It's like ju- it's like just on the borderline. Deshaun Jackson has been released Ouch. from the Los Angeles oh. Rams. You know what that means? They couldn't find a trade. They were like, "We will give you a maybe seventh round pick, a conditional seventh round pick if he if he has one catch beyond twelve yards." And the other teams were like, "Nah, we're good." I can't yeah. believe he was asking for a trade. What are you doing? I you just, you came back home. He's from L.A. The Rams are a good team. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm Deshaun Jackson. I won out. It's not 2014 <laughs> right now. <laughs> you hear the Eagles fan coming out. I don't that ungrateful that. monster. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how it all transpired. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, right? Or, or they told him they were going to cut him and mm. out of respect to him then said, we'll try to trade you first. I don't really know. But it's pretty telling that they cut him, even though they just put 2-2 Atwell on IR for the rest of the year. Atwell was really struggling, but they basically drafted a backup for Deshaun Watson, a 158-yard like guy who goes down the field and can return, uh, who is now out for the season. And and yet they're still cutting Deshaun. If does. I were a team... It could be a personality uh, issue. If, right. So that, it starts to that, sound that way a little that bit. That sounds like he, he probably wasn't thrilled D-Jax, with getting you, four snaps a you game. Could, you could go back in the archives and find some uh, D-Jack stuff that is not so He could have gotten a ring, nice. though. You know, who knows? Get um, a moment. I would say this, and I don't know if he's interested in it, but like if you're a contender that's not happy with your punt return game, for instance, I mean, maybe he's a guy that you investigate, but you don't really hang it. You're, if you're looking to open up your offense at this point, I, 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 he's just not – the same guy. He feels like a patriot if they didn't already have Pro Bowl returner Gunnar Olszewski. Gunnar Olszewski. All right, let's hit Afternoon Delight. All right, so, you know, there's a certain element of football Twitter that just obsesses over Philip Rivers 
So, Greg, go ahead. Have your fun. Not only would he, quote, listen to the Saints, uh, listen to a team, it's the Saints, Greg's other hardcore crush. Go ahead, Greg. That would be great. He could replace and then ultimately um, you know, maybe do what Drew Brees couldn't in the last year. That would be in the last 10 years. Greg is so football polyamorous that it's um, it's I'm starting to concern me. What is it? Why is Philip Rivers? There's this. I like, guess they don't want him though. It doesn't sound like they're the football cognizanti. That's like, oh, Philip Rivers. It well, would I be just, a fun story. I, I did a, a search. I did a Philip Rivers search in Twitter just to like figure out what was going on here, and it was like, oh, this person and this person. It's like the if you're, I think there's a certain group of football, you know, plugged in people that just adore Philip Rivers. It's like, weren't you know? How about your high school team you're coaching? I guess wow. that season's wrapped. It's over now. Yeah, he's yeah. got nothing else going on. I don't know. He's got I, I enjoy him to some degree. You're but telling I me he wouldn't be better than Trevor Simeon? Here, Taysom on. Hill's got to ruin another uh, I, 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 I Honestly, I do think Peyton, though, sounds very dug in on keeping the, the yeah, quarterback. I don't think, they I don't think they're interested, right. nobody, which doesn't surprise speaking me. Speaking of people that nobody wants, Cam Newton cannot get a job. There's been multiple options that have opened up here. Still out there. Anyway. Including the Panthers. Melvin Ingram is heading to the Chiefs. And I saw segments of football Twitter excited about this, Connie. Oh, yeah. But also a lot of people were excited about Melvin Ingram to the Steelers, and that didn't quite work out either. It didn't, and his time was reduced playing behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So he goes to the Chiefs, which we know that they could use some help on the defense. They're allowing 391 yards per game, 29th in the NFL. Maybe he could make some pop there. All right. Also, we have Charles Omen-Ihu. Omenahue to the 49ers. And let's see, what else we got? We got Mark. When I asked Seth Payne for a, a potential breakout player on the Texans this year, that was the name he gave me back in July. So it's a, yeah. I so trust naturally they, they ship him out of well, He broke out of Houston. That's what he was able to do. So good <laughs> for him. And uh, the doctor's in the house. Dan Brown, the tight end, traded to the Chiefs, coming back to gangrene. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, MD. Doctor. Uh, and actually, that's a nice sign. That's a five-year starter for the Chiefs in the past. Sat out last year helping people during the COVID pandemic. And now uh, a guard added to the Jets mix. The Jets always need to find uh, more offensive linemen. That's the trade deadline. Poor Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah. Still right. stuck in Forget about Free Odell, who hasn't made a play in five years. Free Allen Robinson. <laughs> he needs it. He's so underappreciated. He's like, I'm still working on chemistry with quarterback X. Bortles, Trubisky, <laughs> Foles, Henny. They like removed him from the offense Yikes. too. It's like, all right, yeah. Let's do. Let's let's wrap up week eight Monday Night Football. Daniel Jones with Devontae Booker on fourth down. They had a touchdown. Ortiz on a twist. Jones is hit. Down he goes. Down he goes, and now he flips it off to a lineman. Who goes down? That won't work. We'll get a hold here. Frank Clark and Chris Jones on back-to-back sacks to win the game. It's good they won. Chiefs had fun. Ooh. But there are still major problems here. Did you watch that game? (laughs) Mitch Holtis with the call. Yes. The Chiefs defense showed up and was able to keep the Giants from putting up much of anything, just a touchdown in the second half, and, and then they got the field goal they needed to win it. So it's a 2017 win for the Chiefs. But you know, Mark, still well, not right. You watch the Chiefs, 
and they're still not right. Not only did they have your now obligatory horrendous red zone from, uh, turnover and interception from Mahomes, there are a couple other turnovers that got wiped away, whether it was a penalty that took it off the board or a fumble that the offensive lineman luckily fell on. That continues to be a thing, and even worse, the offense still is really jagged, and Patrick Mahomes is having trouble uh, getting on target with the receivers. There's still so much wrong with the Chiefs. I don't feel any better about them despite the win. Everything's not beautiful right now. Those were the words from Andy Reid. I thought that was you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I kind of loved the quote because I was like, that's how I feel watching this team. I think that the— That's how I feel about life. Oh, all sorts of things, but this just kind of fit in there. But like the gallant and glorious Chiefs that we um, are still like they're not they don't exist right now. And I think it's a pretty fascinating study in like all of us collectively watching football and watching this team that we could have just ticketed for the Super Bowl that our eyes have taken a long time to adjust. And, you know, this is up Greg's alley, but like they're getting killed against the spread because they're being. Uh, the spread's too big on the Chiefs. They don't deserve these these people riches. Don't wanna ex- people don't want to accept that they don't this want is a potential long-term issue. Everyone is on the same page. Like, no, no, no. They're going to get right. They're going to get right. They're going to, and they never Vegas get right. Is, Greg. Vegas is loving it. I mean, yeah. they're yeah. they're building new wings to the the mirage on the Chiefs. Let me tee you up like, like this, Greg. We now live in a world where Tyree Kill could be targeted 18 times on Monday Night Football, turn those 18 targets into 12 catch, twelve catches, and not finish with 100 yards receiving. Oof. I keep hearing people say, like, if, if Mahomes and the Chiefs would just be patient and stop trying to force. I was like, what is this? They threw it 48 times for 270 more yards. Like, patience isn't the problem. Patience is is the problem. There's no big plays. Like, yes, okay, it's great when you go up and down the field slowly and you're taking the safe plays, but they're averaging five yards per play or less in three of their last four games. So that's not just the turnover. That's like bottom of the league numbers in terms of yards per play. So there's no big plays. There's no running game. So just piling up a bunch of first downs on the way to like 360 yards against the Giants isn't going to do it. Like they're not getting there on the scoreboard. That, we, that part matters. We all lost this game. Like, we mm. all – there were no winners watching this game. It just feels like the Chiefs are a shell of themselves. All of those penalties – how many? 12 for 12. 103. It's just so I find it sloppy. interesting, though, to watch the Chiefs struggling this much. Really? I, to me, it makes good TV because it's so surprising. It, You're like, like, I can't believe this is like happening. It's like a mystery. Having right. Travis Kelsey with the fumble. I'm like, right. what? how is that possible? And he was on the sideline for a while and then came in. It's just – I, I, and I mean, they won. Yes. It didn't feel like <laughs> right, but though, Reed right? Reed said no, that afterwards. I think Michael Irvin came on the Manning cast, and I thought what he said about – He was hilarious, by the way. He, he was great. But just, you know, you've been the champs. You've been up there for so long, and mentally that when you you, you work on something all week, we can't do these turnovers. We, we know how defenses are going to play us. Every week it's the same exact Chiefs game, and they can't get out of it, and they keep just making the mistake. And he says, it'll just drive you crazy. And there's there's like – there's no like easy solution to where they are mentally, and he thinks like Mahomes and Reed and all of it. You can hear it with that comment. That Andy Reed is usually not the coach you hear imagine saying it, things like that. Imagine if I, it, we knew in August that this would be a Patrick Mahomes stat coming out of a real game: fifteen for fifteen for 120 yards on passes behind the line, line of scrimmage. That is the most by a quarterback in a game since 2016. Well, right, and one for 11 pass. outside the numbers. Like, they can't get more patient. They're retreating. They're, like, backing up. So, I don't know. They have to figure out a way to get big plays because that's 
That's like what the Chiefs are. I don't, 19 I don't know how that works. This but. is not. This is like a, he's trying. You know, all these quarterbacks that are pressing because they're young. It's like he, they're trying to make big plays and it's not working. It's and not the, the, the Giants, I thought, did a nice job on defense to kind of just like rush three guys a bunch of times and just cloud the secondary and right there was nobody no open. It was crazy because there was no pass rush. It just makes you. None. It just you're not used. To, okay, the Giants have zero pass rush and yet they're stopping the Chiefs. So now, now if you're trying to rationalize. How do the Chiefs fix this? You think, okay, they're four and four. The rest of the AFC West is kind of calmed down a little bit here. The Chargers have come back to the pack. The Broncos are ready for a rebuild of some kind. Uh, the Raiders are the Raiders. You don't know what to expect from them, but they're not going to, you know, win 14 games. So it's like it's still there for the Chiefs to get things under control and get a home game and win a division. But then you look at their road ahead, and you got the Packers up next, and then beyond that, the toughest schedule in the NFL from this point forward. And you just wonder if this is going to end in a way that nobody could have predicted, which is a, a relatively healthy chiefs team just bottoming out and not making the playoffs. And I wonder, I guess this is the last part of my um, brain. That's like, I refuse to accept that the chiefs are this vulnerable is that they will rise to the competition and we'll see a great shootout with the Packers, Connie. Mm -mm. But at the same time, there's too much evidence right now that they're going to continue to scuffle on offense. Uh, well, especially against the, the Packers, who have won seven straight games. They've just been on a tear. And the Chiefs, they just can't, it seems when I watch them, they just can't adapt to their new reality, which is mm. what we have seen all season long. And Mahomes, he keeps pressing. He keeps trying to take those deep shots, and they're just not working. It worked a little bit when they were running the ball, the offense did, a tiny bit. And we saw Derek Gore score his first touchdown. But Andy Reid, uh, having watched him so long in Philly and so many times just screaming at him to run the ball more, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. That's sort of the an that is sort of the answer, or to run the ball better. And, and the Packers are absolutely going to target Daniel Sorensen. I mean, that was he was Waldo out there, and he's been Waldo. And they gave up Sorensen gave up a perfect passer rating to Daniel Jones. So even Evan Ingram got a, a touchdown on him. It's not pretty what we're seeing. If you want like to make a case for them, their defense has played well for six quarters. Their defense won them that game. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, against the Giants' offense, which, again, is missing like 42 people. Tony got hurt during the game. Shepard got hurt during the game. And uh, who else was Dante it? Pettis. Pettis got hurt during the game. It's crazy how this is every week. Yeah, you wonder, Sorry. like, what the what did the Giants do? What are the, what did they do to deserve this injury luck? You enter that game without Barkley, without Galladay. You lose Shepard. You lose, lose Pettis. Tony is compromised with a thumb injury. And Daniel Jones, we talked about it on the TV show, uh, Greg. We both kind of like Daniel Jones. but So you can't really put it on his feet because, Mark, who is he throwing to with the game on the line in that spot? It, it's like Evan Ingram, Ingram and pray for, uh, I don't know, a thunderstorm to take everyone off. John the Ross. Maybe. Right. Right. Uh, a big C, as you'd say. Uh, like Darius Slayton was um, trade dangled in trade rumors as well. I mean, but I think if anything, if you're the Giants, like you come out of this season, let's just say it plays out and they're sort of you know milk toast from here to the end, uh, with with da a different opinion of Daniel Jones that I went into the mm. season with, and that that maybe is your positive. One little Giants nugget, like I know that they. Um, Joe Judge looked terrible, like burning those timeouts. The headsets, uh, right? He basically came well, out we and have like that. he had. Let's oh yes, like let's. It's very spicy. Every single stadium this year, home and away, I've had issues personally. Look, I, I don't know. Look, I, I don't want to make this all about headsets. We have things. I'd say this: whoever's in charge of it, whoever the guys who. 
look, Jordan, I don't have the exact answer. I don't know if that comes more through the league or us exactly, but they better fix it fast. Yeah. That was like us before the show. Yeah. Right. No show had that persisted in that there was no show for the Giants. I mean, yeah. that sounded like passing the buck. I have a very stern <laughs> warning. You know, the NFL put out this statement where they even did product placement in the statement that it, it could not be the fault of the Bose headphones. <laughs> no, they no, said no, Bose. No. That was an official statement from the NFL. With a, like a restricted circle around Bose in all caps in the statement. I, I, I love when he says like it could be it could be the NFL. It could be our people. Like if it is. Like you, you potentially taking like eight Giants employees and just whipping them under an eighteen wheeler. Like- Joe, Joe Judge, uh, I don't think will be there next year if this continues. Daniel Jones felt like he was collapsing a little under the weight of everything. That was that was one of his worst two games. He's had two where he's not really played well. This one in the Cowboys. Joe Judge has been outscored in the. I couldn't believe this stat. I had no idea, but they just put it up on the graphics last night. The Giants have been outscored forty-two to nothing in the final two minutes of the. Uh, of the final two minutes of the first half in games this year. Whoa. What? Whoa. That, like, that is coaching. Like, that is the – that is coaching. Like, if I think about Bill Belichick, for instance, what advantage does he give you? He gives you the advantage in the final two minutes of the first half and the second half. That is coaching. They lost this game partially because of penalties and taunting and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's, like, all Joe Judge talks about. So, like – Elijah Penny. What are you what giving are you us doing here, with Joe that Judge? taunting? But that's co- – man, oh. I couldn't right. believe Don't you remember – when he dove um, at training camp on the ball in the rain, sure. and all the players mobbed him. Don't, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> you did, you were not a fan of that when it occurred, though. No, I'm just. I think yeah. he's. Co- I think Joe Judge is cooked. I think the Giants are heading towards a reboot, and uh, Cook and obviously Gettleman make the most. Sense. I do wonder, like when they interviewed Joe Judge, who wasn't a coordinator calling plays. He's not that guy. It's like mm-hmm. why? Like these interviews are like 14 hours long. Do you? I would put them through like a grilled like a out of Greg run it like an insane end of half test where we need to see Joe Judge clock management Joe Judge um thriving in that scenario you don't want to find out in don't week you think one we that he can't find do it a way to test Greg Rosenthal's clock management when he's not sitting in a podcast studio 12 hours after the game I would lo- I love with it. Like I, 82, I do it with 82 people on a headset swearing at you we need a real time simulation <laughs> we need like one of those like virtual reality things and then you put them inside like when they're like flight training mm-hmm. or whatever and just give him the game experience of the sidelines. I don't want to be the coach. I want to be the guy up in the booth that's just exactly saying, take happens. the time out now. You know, that guy. Right. But I just, I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see how it, how it plays out. That's all. Joe Judge has a shot here. They have nine games left. Like, I think they've been better than their record shows. I keep saying that. Like, this is where the end of the season does matter for these teams. Like, if they finish 7-10, and 10, if the, they'll probably, the Mars will convince themselves to keep him so it's like to him those nine games matter if they go five and four in their final nine it's like they'll probably does judge get i mean outside of the time management sins like he also hasn't had all those players on the field same as daniel jones um joe judge and rick basaccia this week who is a grew up a giants fan Oh, spe- both oh. special teams coach. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris Tabor for the the Bears had a little juice, added a he little did. juice without Nagy. All the special teams coaches. Uh, fun fact: thirty percent, thirty-seven percent of Giants fans, their last name is Basaccia. Um And <laughs> how about clock a uh, clock management simulation chamber? We get Rosenthal in there and just see what happens. I think it'd be, it'd be up. I hope it's not yeah. great like, for social. 
You're right. It's different when you're in the arena. When we, when you like, it was easy to answer those Win West's toaster questions, and then suddenly uh, <laughs> you got into the competition, and uh, you I shouldn't remember you're just stuffing him in a closet. Wes, who famously acknowledged, like like myself, had like these time management things that you bring up. Like that was one blind spot for Wes that he would say he had no idea what's happening at the end of these and halves, one, and I agree with him. And one more thing uh, before we take a break here and hit Thursday night football. In the chamber, in the clock management simulation chamber, CMSC, mm-hmm. you need to be stripped down and, and lubed up. Stop it. To get in. You get, you slip yeah, you're at in. home with that, Greg. This weird fan. We'll be I mean, right back. Right, yeah. I'm, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> it's like, these guys really want it. All right, Priyanka, take it away. <laughs> I know you got your own town. I know you got your own way. Wait. 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 You're on Waze. Such a great singer. This song is delightful. The only problem with this song. <laughs> no, I hate that they removed, moved off this. This was my favorite. Then they, it's all these other clunks. This was things. before. It's unfortunate. Colleen never got to work on a broadcast know, that a was kicked off by Priyanka. I know. Can you just play it one more time, Ricky? The only thing, because I've listened to the song in full recently. Uh, when we did the live shows in London, I put together, and you can find it on Spotify, a uh, like best of ATM playlist, and I dug out this one, Your City, or whatever it's called. Will I Am's fingerprints, like 2010 era Will I Am, are all over this. Oh my gosh, it is. You're right. He's on this. So it's like, all you hear is like, gun, 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 come on, and all this like <laughs> Black Eyed Peas bullshit. This was cut, it, cut, the cut, song cut, was nominated out. for the a World Music Award. Absolutely, World best wow. song. <laughs> not a surprise. Cut, 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 come I'm on. not gonna be able to get that out of my head now. And they'd have like if it was the Giants per se, like it was like Daniel Jones's face like shimmering along the Empire State Building. Right. Also, like I love the, the I love the lyrics too because you can really dive into them. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody welcome to my city. We ain't got no worries here. Come, come, come I know on. you're going to like it in my city. Let's get it back. It's also not true of any city. <laughs> no. Come so on, come on. You got a friend in me. You ain't going to want to leave. All right. Thursday, <laughs> November 4th, 2021. Week 9 commences with the New York Jets. Fresh off that uh, really fun uh, victory over the Bengals where Mike White threw for 400 yards in his first career start. Ah, so much fun. Now they go to Indianapolis to face the Colts. So it's the Jets at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts are favored by 10.5 points, which seems a little bit high. I'm going to say it. Um, Connie, you will be in Indianapolis, where I understand it's going to be in the 20s, and the set will be outside. That's just rumors that I heard from a source. 20s? The source being Andrew Siciliano. Um you Wait, have seriously? Yeah, I did not know that. I, heard I thought that. why would you be outside? It's so highly unpleasant. Pre-game show is outside. No, I get it, but I mean. Um, so anyway, I would say just from a broadcast standpoint, <laughs> Connie, <laughs> just on NFL, they Network, do the combine from the inside. Good luck to you. Stadium. I would say it's fine. You know. uh, I think we have to be outside in Minneapolis too. Oh, brutal. Anyway, right, it's fine. I'm not Jets, complaining. The I'm not Jets, complaining. not a lot of juice. Obviously, still two and five, but at least you have this Mike White follow-up game. And the Colts in a virtual must-win situation. I love Mike White. I don't know how you feel about him, but coming into this game, when I was watching the games on Sunday and watching Carson Wentz give the game away and lose, 
I had Mike White, and he was, he's kind of like my knight in shining armor riding into this Thursday <laughs> night game because I, we need something like him because the Jets before, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't that exciting. I don't take offense to that. But I loved how poised he was. I loved how confident he was throwing for over 400 yards in those three touchdowns against the Bengals, who everybody was so excited about. Someone so excited about that defense specifically in Cincinnati and having never played a snap before in his first career start. Love it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'll tell you this, because we saw Robert Sells say after the game on Sunday uh, that anything's you know, possible. Anything's possible. If. If Mike White, and this is all, Jets fans are just getting sucked in because you know something very bad is going to happen on Thursday. Whether it's Mike White is injured on the first possession or Mike White throws five interceptions. It's coming. And I'm telling you, football gods, you can't surprise me because I know something bad's coming, so you can't hurt me. I just know that I know, football gods. Anyway. How you doing? Are you all right? If, you I mean, when you openly right. verbally <laughs> challenge the football gods, they'll find yeah, a way to right. surprise you. Plus, you did you say something. 10 felt like a lot. It does feel like Well, a lot. what I'm yeah, saying it is. It feels if, like they're begging you to take the Jets, which is uh, a concern. If the football gods somehow overlook this game and they're like, oh, I thought the Jets were playing on Sunday. Ah, oh, we wanted to bang them. Um, and Mike White plays really well again. Zach Wilson's not playing week 10. Mm-mm. He is not. They are going to say, take another week on that knee. And Robert Sala is going to straight up be like, I want to see if I could ride something here with this kid. We're a long way away from that, Mark. Uh, but the fact that that's even a subplot that you get to watch and enjoy, I'm, I'm happy about He kind of reminds me of like Kelly Holcomb when he came out of nowhere and just started throwing like 400 yards More like, like every Warner. third game. And like, well, but th- a lot of this, like the Jets, if you go Holcomb, watch that, Holcomb took him to the playoffs. Holcomb was like a thing that unseated Tim Couch. And I'm just saying these things happen. And I kind of like Salah's open mindedness to like, let's ride this thing out. Like, don't bury a hot hand. And Zach Wilson maybe could use a little rest. But a lot of it came last week. I mean, he threw the ball 45 times. Yards after the catch was like 60% of the yardage. I thought they got a, they got Michael Carter on the ground to get going finally. It looked like a functional offense, and I thought that Mike White also, the thing I liked about him, like I, I think I tweeted like after an early, he started, you know, a nine for or 11 for 11, Mike White is a god. Like one second later, he threw a killer interception. I just wrote, Mike White is not a god, but I should have <laughs> done another tweet on top of that tweet at some point saying Mike White might be a god because the way sure. he came back Leave it open. from all that nonsense was very resilient and I it, like I, that this you guys are going to hate that I keep mentioning this but I think that there was a fair amount of comfort on Michael Flores part to not have to be down on the sideline coaching Zach Wilson person person he was up in the booth seeing the whole thing and Mike White basically said I don't need the coach down the sideline I'm ready to roll so I there's something about this about, uh, camp happiness in Connecticut no, that's what I thought you were leading into. So that no, <laughs> I could welcome. That's good football. But, now. Yeah, there's. I I just think that you know he's married too. He has I th- I believe twins or it's a child of some sort. Very nice that's man. Great. Well, yeah. I don't think it's a, a slight to Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did do a lot of investigating. In uh, I did. There was lots to investigate. I can tell you that going on. Um, I don't think it's a slight to Zach Wilson to say that Mike White showed a clear. Uh, bigger command of the offense. Mm. New York City. Like, like the ball's coming out of his hands. He knew where to go with it. They're calling all these Shanahan-type plays, and it's just like he, I think, at this point, he's been in the league for four years, not all with you know Mike LaFleur, but he, he was a draft pick in 2018, that he was ready for the opportunity, and that he just was 
understands the offense more than a rookie did. And it just made made me feel better about what the Jets are trying to do on offense because, as Mike, Mark said, it just looked like an NFL offense again. Mm-hmm. That but Joe good. Flacco trade kind of looks weird now. <laughs> yeah, Flacco is so, <laughs> it's so be annoyed. Super, super um, yeah, so my guard's up whether that was a, uh, you know, once – in a in a lifetime thing with your backup quarterback in his first start, and I'll I'll be accepting if that's what it is, and I'll just be happy that it ever happened. Uh, but maybe it turns into like the NFL version of insanity, and he gets hot, and it'll be interesting to see on the Colts side. Yeah, like they've had crushing losses before this season, uh, and they've bounced back. Uh, you may recall the loss to the Ravens on Monday night a few weeks back that they let that game get away. They followed that up with wins over the Texas, Texans and Niners, and now they have another crushing loss to the Titans. But, however, we just, as we know, Derrick Henry's not in the picture anymore. You got the Jets this week in your building. Go get a W there. You got the Jaguars next week, one of the worst teams in football, in your building. Get a W right there. Then you're 5-5. Five and five, And then you could check out, and the schedule tightens up then because you got Bills and Bucks. But let's see where they are in two weeks, this division, with Tennessee two weeks without Derrick Henry and the Colts hopefully taking care of two uh, of the worst teams in the league. Maybe the AFC South isn't done yet. It, it may not be done but I, it is fool's gold to me on some level that the Colts have lost eight straight games. This is not the fool's gold part. They've lost eight straight games to teams above 500. I mean, they are a solid team that beats bad teams, but like we're talking about projecting them into late December. Uh, not sure I need it. Well, I'm not projecting. What, what is the, the former Bowl, Eagles? You know, what were Carson you thinking Wentz, watching Wentz? Two picks in the last eight minutes of that game. You loved not it. great. You Not great for him. He's yeah, of course. It's funny because <laughs> I think he's been better than people realized this year for the most part. Uh, but then he went like full wins, and weirdly, yeah. the reaction in Indianapolis was like blaming Frank Reich after the game. I'm like, no, Frank Reich's the only reason you guys got a chance. I, I Frank Reich did it to himself. Like he came in and he's, I love Frank Reich. I think he's one of the best play callers. Same. And he also has this like. Like when he blames everything on himself, it's not the Belichick move where he just like says that. <laughs> Frank Reich seems torn up inside. Like he was putting it all on himself, and they sort of bought that. Like I shouldn't have called that tight end screen in the end zone where Wentz ended up throwing the pick six. It's like yeah, but every other quarterback would have just thrown it at the running back's feet right away. Like so, don't put it all on you, Frank Reich. It's the guy you brought Talking in. Talking about the hideous pick six, right? Yeah, yeah that it's was like he put, all right. I am not defending Carson Wentz's throw. It was a tricky play, but he could have thrown it at the feet. So his body was going – I watched it a few times yesterday. His (laughs) body was going away from – the running back went the other direction. Mm -hmm. And then he did have a tight end. Uh, I think Alistair. It was Ali Cox. It Ali was a Cox tight end was, screen. Yeah. He was he was in flat, but there was either an, an offensive lineman in front of blocking his vision there, so he couldn't do it without hitting his lineman, which I guess would have been grounding. So he just, I guess it was a panic, but it, there wasn't like a clear like, oh, that was so easy. He should have done this. It was a tricky, That's fair. messed he up play. He switched hands and now, threw from his left. Now, there's one other thing that I took out of the game, Connie, and I'm sure this happened in Philadelphia as things got grisly near the end there. Mm-hmm. Check out the body language of the other Colts players on that pick six and then also on the interception, which, by the way, Jonathan Taylor is wide open over the middle, um, where it's just like, come on, man. We're trying to win a ball game here. We're trying to stay in this division. That, in hindsight, with Henry Asian getting hurt, play. imagine if they won that game. A game they had multiple drives in overtime. Yep. They could have won changed it. everything. Just one quick thing for the Jets' defense was they were different with Jared Davis and especially C.J. Mosley back, and they're going to be trying to stop a very good Colts running back in, in Taylor. My, my favorite thing about that Wentz play 
and people are acting like it was it had to be a safety or an interception. Well, no, it didn't. But um, when he's ripped to the ground, he kind of <laughs> peeks his head up and looks at like the upshot of what he's just done, and the look on his face. I mean, he's still got a face mask on. Um, was beautiful. Okay, <laughs> Mark still, you know, because the Browns passed on Carson Wentz, and that was a that was an issue for a while. But now it's not an issue, and you like to have your. That's fun with true. Us. Remember all the well. Time. That's you and Sam. You're you're doing your, like Sam Darnold dance around your house every night. It's the same. Same thing. Uh, like when uh, when the, the quarterback you had. Or How do you know had. about my Sam Darnold dance? <laughs> I mean, Greg's there, you know, like from what I know. So just think of all the time though you wasted, you know, worrying internally combusting because you thought Carson Wentz was going to turn into like this Hall of Famer. All, well, you didn't need to do that. It, there, remember when the Browns front office was getting roasted for various people saying we didn't see Carson Wentz as a franchise quarterback. Check that box. You were hey, correct, baby. Browns management wins again. Mm. Well, okay. I'm not, that's strong. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. I like uh, – no, football gods, you're not going to get me. I know what you're going to do. I know it's out. I know it's coming. But if you're a person that likes the desert, eh, keep an eye on this one. So they're dragging Mike White out what to like that 20 degree weather to, with to, for the Jets to I win. I think You're saying you like the Jets game. to win. I, th- I think it's I think that's a they're lot a heavy of underdog. That's a ton of wood to lay on a Jets team that's feeling revitalized. Now the Jets famously play down to expectations, so they could show up like the Patriots game version of the Jets as well. But just keep an eye on. We've we've had like Nick Mullins games before on Thursday Night Football, so it wouldn't be the craziest thing to have Mike White come into the podium. Oh, that's the right, the dragging podium. him out to twenty degrees. Well, no, I don't think that they'll have the roof open there, so I think it should be oh, good that point, inside. Yeah. Okay. But it's just the Hilton's outside. Hurt again, or else he would be a good one. I'm trying to think of some spicy. Quentin Nelson spicy was not there. in the walkthrough either um, for Tuesday's practice, so that's something to keep an eye on. Connie, you've said it all. I have. Um, please, um, if you do speak with Mike White, tell him, you tell him I said hello. Okay. Tell him I'm in love with him. No problem. Uh, if you don't speak with him, as I expect you not to, because I know what's happening here and I know what's about to happen, <laughs> and you can't do this to me because I know what's oh, happening. This is so sweet of you and then, so sad also to see the internal workings of this. Tell the Colts congratulations on the win. I mean, you kind of want to see Connie with Carson Wentz because something could go down there to some degree. Uh, Carson Wentz has to put a mask on immediately upon right. re-entering the field for handshakes. So I don't know if do, do you want a guy with the mask during the interview process. Is that even allowed to interview him? You can take off the I mask think I, for the interview. I think we would have to get off of the desk is, and then it's not happening like is there, it's not worth it's not a great interview is there anyway. a cube that we can get Greg into with Carson Wentz <laughs> slather Greg up alright I mean I take this all as a compliment that this is what you should you that's I like absolutely that you're protecting how yourself though you Dan against potential I know, disappointment I know I, I've, I've been through this before only now I'm, I'm modifying my fandom just slightly that's good I'm back in but you can't hurt me because <laughs> I know what you're trying to do he's growing Football gods, I see you, and there's nothing you could do to me. Good luck. They are giggling up in the clouds. <laughs> All right. We'll be back Thursday uh, with a, another episode of the podcast, um, the preview show, but also Thursday night we'll recap this game and check out Connie Fox, of course, on NFL oh, Network. Oh, yeah. Uh, where she'll have this on lockdown. Also, Connie and Ricky Hollywood on the Split Ends podcast. I believe you had Rachel Bonetta on today's we show. We did. Who she was awesome. Uh, on the power ranking. She's a rising star. We like her, so check that show out. Anything else? Mark, do you have a plug? How's your how, What's going on with the underdogs column? 
Take us through it. I actually mentioned that Jets spread. I thought that was inane. And I, I told people, <laughs> go take your hard-earned money, and you put it on the Jets, baby. Wow. In, I subtext, in subtext, I yes. didn't actually say that that was my oh, – I'm not allowed to, but that's what you should be reading good. on a different level. All right, Greg, do you have any other thoughts about the Deshaun Watson situation before we sign off today? No, oh, that, no, was, that no, was it. No, please, come on. This culmination <laughs> of months of wasting our time. All right, there we go. That's it. Dan Hand is signing off for the tiny box. The old boss. Quiet Storm, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Where's Graver? He's in tears. Until Thursday, heed that call.